This is the Bad Batch on TV podcast industries. We've reached the finale of season two and we're talking about episode 15, The Summit, and episode 16, Plan 99. Why did Tep do that? He didn't let us save him. He knew we were out of time. Tech put the squad ahead of himself. He made a sacrifice, Omega, and we're not going to waste it. What does it mean? The galaxy has changed. And so have we. It's time to put being soldiers behind us. For good. Wrecker and I think Pabu could be a good place to make a new life for ourselves. And the rest of it, well, we can figure out along the way. Omega, is that something you want? Welcome back, fellow Batchers, to the Bad Batch podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We are at the finale of season two of the Bad Batch, and we'll be talking about both episodes that make up this finale, season two, episode 15, and season two, episode 16. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Welcome to the wake, fellow Batchers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, uh, I'm one of your other hosts, John. Oh, I was going to make the dead joke. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, you got it there before me. I'm Chris. Yeah, we have a very somber start to this episode. Yes. I think we're all in a little bit of a little bit of shock. Absolutely yeah. shock. Yeah, uh, obviously spoilers uh, for the rest, the rest of the episode. We hope you've watched the episode because I think I might have spoiled it in uh, in the opening quote uh, that uh, we I had think in there. Sacrifice. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ho- hopefully you've watched the episode. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the episode as well. But we will be going into full spoiler filled detail as we always do on our last discussion of the Bad Batch season two. What do you think, guys? How do you think this season closed out? I enjoyed it mm-hmm. with a question mark, okay? And that question mark is essentially just, and it sounds more of an inflection of, they they left me wanting more. Mm-hmm. They, they left me with some sadness. They left me with some grief, some elation. It was a beautifully narrated back-to-back finale. I understand why they released both of them at the same time, because it mm-hmm. worked so beautifully well. But some of it we signed, posted, like we we called it way ago. Yeah. So, like, quick one, Sid. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that came out of the blue? That yeah. would be so much more like, oh my god! <laughs> like it would, it would just. So I think they again. Sometimes they played a bit safer with some of the the more younger audience type stories, and then some of it is just really strong and just some of the best Star Wars stories ever told. Absolutely. absolutely. So I think that's kind of, for these two episodes, That's we got a bit of a mix, but overall, very good. Okay. Uh, how about yourself, John? Overall, what do you think of the two episodes? Uh, absolutely love them. I think mm-hmm. great, great Star Wars animation. Up there with Clone Wars and, and Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and certainly with Rebels, with the emotional punch mm-hmm. of, of tech and, and the fallout from all of that. Yeah. So, like, for me, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, and dare I say, it might be a bit controversial, but 
Um, at least until this episode of The Mandalorian, I would say that these last sort of maybe, what, six or seven episodes mm-hmm. of The Bad Batch, I've felt more engaged than watching The Mandalorian, actually. Yeah. Um, which is weird to say. But I, I, I thought it was really high level. And I mean, I can't even imagine what, you know, maybe a kid of seven or eight who's watching this, you know, seeing seeing that. This episode. It's, yeah. it's really kind of uh, impactful. Yeah. Um, and I thought as well, just the music around it oh. was just oh, really yes. epic. Absolutely brilliant. Had a great epic kind of feeling to yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely loved them. It reminded me old school John Williams to like really like just the, the soaring highs of some of the, yeah. the orchestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There, there are moments that are just so well underpinned by the score that you're just, you're feeling every emotion that's on screen. I thought it was quite interesting. The quote that I've taken there has a beautiful score underneath it, but when you remove the score completely, it's a really stark conversation that's going on between the two of them about the end of everything they've known between hunter and and omega and interestingly with the score underneath it's almost very hopeful they're they're saying we're actually going to give everything up and go to this beautiful place pabu to live out the rest of our lives it's a beautiful score but uh, when you take it out it's an interesting change to the dynamic between the two of them yeah absolutely and i mean i know that uh you know we had some niggles about you know the quote episode of the week unquote type of of thing um you know just wanting it to sort of progress but i mean it's really really punched through in in these last sort of six to seven episodes for sure and uh, but that is also you know to remember that it's a reflection of the previous episodes that have come before that have set all that up as well so um you know again i would go to in Filoni, we trust uh, for sure. And Jennifer Corbett. And, and Jennifer Brown. Corbett. Yes, yes, and Matt McNevich yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting you say about the, about the Mandalorian. Um, this is the first week since the Mandalorian started that I didn't watch the Mandalorian as soon as it came out. Um, I haven't seen this week's Mandalorian yet, and we're uh, here on Thursday. Um, so this is, the, this is the first time, though, since the, yeah. since the start, start of the series. And I absolutely loved The Bad Batch. Watched it twice, um, obviously, as we usually do to get my notes together for uh, for the episode. But I was really excited to watch it. And I'm going, I'll watch The Mandalorian. I'll, I'll turn it on when I get the chance to. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But uh, I haven't seen it yet. So, Well, also, uh, just for clarity, I watched The Mandalorian as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought this th- this episode of The Mandalorian was again just bringing things together so i actually really enjoyed this week's episode but i was kind of getting a bit when i saw the the tagline for it sort of the overview of it i was thinking oh no what are they doing to the mandalorian but actually uh it was really good yeah Okay. It it was a strong one for, for well, this. Certainly looking forward to it. Not I'm not down on the Mandalorian at all. I'm just very high on the on the Bad Batch yeah, at the exactly. moment. Really enjoyed it. Do you know when I got to the end of watching this episode for the first time, these two episodes for the first time, the only Star Wars that I really wanted to compare it to is The Empire Strikes Back. This is where our heroes who we followed for in this case two seasons, but in the movies it would have been two movies, I've now lost everything they've lost all hope effectively it's a hopeful ending as in we're gonna go and get omega back but that's the same ending that you got in empire strikes back where where luke is looking out having lost everything including a hand uh 
and they're going to go out and try and save Han in the next movie, effectively. But that's where we're leaving it at that low point, like yeah. we got on Empire. And you're asking what a kid of seven or eight would feel like watching this uh, this TV show. Hey, that's exactly what I was when I watched Empire for the first time, um, going, what the hell is going to happen next, Oliver? That the, There's still... The big bat's still out there, and all of our rebels have lost their hope. They haven't, uh, they haven't won the fight effectively. So, uh, so yeah, I can kind of see how it works really well for for younger kids. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Hopefully, it'll encourage loads more kids to uh, to tune into the Bad Batch and lots more Star Wars. Star Wars, good stuff. Let's hop into our discussion about uh, the Bad Batch season two, episode fifteen and sixteen. Uh, first up, behind the scenes details. Uh, the executive producers for the show are, of course, Dave Filoni, Jennifer Corbett, and Brad Rowe. Episode 15 was written by Matt McNivitz, who we mention every week as the senior story editor on the show. Uh, This episode was directed by Nate Villanueva, who's directed many episodes of this season. Uh, Episode 16, written by Jennifer Corbett, showrunner, as as I mentioned before, and directed by Stuart Lee, who's again directed loads of episodes of The Bad Batch. So uh, everybody back involved for this massive finale. Good stuff. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your epic synopsis for the epic finale? Sure. The Bad Batch looked to find out more about the Empire's secretive advanced science division and its head, Dr. Hemlock. Eventually, they traced Dr. Hemlock to an imminent summit following intel from Echo. Hosted by Tarkin at his compound on Irado, the gathering concerns establishing a network of total control over the galaxy, in which Hemlock's research into the Kaminoans' cloning technology will play a critical role through molecular alteration of the populace. Infiltrating Tarkin's base to place a homing beacon on Hemlock's shuttle, the Bad Batch discovers that Saw Guerrera has also infiltrated the compound to plant explosives to assassinate the assembled top-level Imperial officers. The assembly of intruders are discovered, and with the alarm raised, the Bad Batch race to the railcar to escape the facility. But as Guerra and his rebels make their escape by shuttle, they set off the explosives, which disrupt power to the base's railcar, leaving the Bad Batch stranded over the deep ravine. Tech heads to one of the pylons to restore power to the railcar, but Tarkin orders air support to attack the stranded railcar, which decouples one of the cars. With continued fighter attacks, Hunter, Omega, Wrecker and Echo are in grave danger, but Tech sacrifices his life to enable his team's escape. Heading to Ord Mantel to receive treatment for their injuries from AZ-3 and mourn the loss of Tech, the Bad Batch are betrayed by Sid to the Empire. Arriving on Ord Mantel, Dr. Hemlock captures Hunter and Wrecker, forcing Omega to come out into the open so that she doesn't lose more of her family. But Omega is taken by Hemlock, and Hunter and Wrecker are sent back to Aradu for interrogation by Tarkin. En route, Echo and AZ rescue their comrades, but are too late to get to Omega, who is brought to Mount Tantis, where she encounters Nala Se and Crosshair. At Mount Tantis, Omega also encounters another person, Hemlock's assistant, Emery Carr, her genetic sister. Lots of loss, lots of reveals, and a big cliffhanger at the end of the season. Yes. What more do you want from the last two episodes of, of uh, season two of The Bad Batch? Absolutely. Rail cars? Jedis. More Jedi. No, <laughs> no Jedis. No Jedis. No Jedis. <laughs> Rail cars or monorails. Um, 
mine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I was calling it a cable car and then realized it wasn't a cable. No. Um, so, yes. Anyway. I guess it's a rail car. Yeah, good stuff. Let's head into our blaster points. Let's start off with blaster point number one. Named after the episode, uh, episode 15, our blaster point number one is The Summit. Um, I absolutely thought this was going to be the name of a facility. And then when they said uh, Hemlock's going to a summit, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a conclave of, uh, of, of leaders of, uh, of the Empire meeting up together. That's what a summit is, of course. That's the other name for it. I just thought it was the top of a mountain they were going to. Uh, which is But it was, too. Kind of is, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> it was proper. Um, loved the look of Tarkin's compound, mm-hmm. though. High up uh, on the mountain, it felt real eagle's nest type of thing. And in fact, this whole this this episode fifteen, it almost has a, a feel with that rail car of um, where eagles dare the, mm. the 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 movie where they have to get a cable car up the to World War Two one. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really got that sense of yeah, you know where eagles dare. I think is the name of the movie. Um, and there is uh, a movie called Eagle where Eagles Dare, but I don't remember it, uh, so I can't tell you whether that had well, the cable carried it or yeah, not. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a World War Two movie, but it, I really kind of it, it really added something with the cable car because you always know that when rail cars, cable cars, um, are are involved, um, yeah, falling from them is is always a potential, um you know, in, in the mix there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I love the look of Tarkin's compound and actually just even seeing Tarkin's compound because, mm-hmm. you know, I always just associate him sort of wandering around to the Death Star well, exactly. effectively. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of good to see his base. At least an Imperial Star Destroyer on occasion as well before yeah. the Death Star was built. But yeah, this is his, this is his home planet. Uh, Ariado is where um, Tarkin is from originally. So uh, apparently his uh, his family have been uh, in governance of the planet for thousands of years. So it's uh, this is a Tarkin home world. But it kind of says a lot about him. It's a really secure location, isn't it? That, that idea that they can't get up to it in any way unless they take the cable cars up. He's got a really good security system for anybody that might want to hop the cable cars. But, hey, our boys know how to get around that kind of stuff, right? Very much so. But also, can I just... If you're going to be a supervillain... Can you just not have a supervillain layer in a mountain? Like all they needed is like actually it was thermal generators because it's an act active volcano underneath kind of thing. Of and I was just like, cool. Like you, you leaned into bad guy has evil layer in mountain. Yes, uh, it was cool. Yeah, but I was like. You're also in space, or we're in the Star Wars universe, so you could have had it like a. The summit of a cloud city like Bespin. Yeah. Where the only way up was this hovering with one line. You could, there was ways over. I was just like, it was very on the nose. I found it funny. I laughed and then I enjoyed it. But I was just like, <laughs> I it think it would like be hang- less secure if it was like Bespin. Well, you could, but no, it's even worse. You've got, because there's you've- literally no mountain at all. It would just be air underneath and one, one. Yeah, which uh, means you can attack it from all sides, literally. <laughs> it's in air. You could still yeah, do that. 
from the bottom, the top. But you could do that technically on a mountain too. You yeah, but you'd have it. to drill through the planets. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right. Fair All point. right. So, which, Sorry, which type of villain much... layer do you both want when you become super yeah, villains? Exactly. I just got very much Hank Scorpio level. <laughs> yeah, but I would go with the Hank Scorpio level sort of, <laughs> you know, Red Skull type. Uh, evil there mm-hmm. exactly well look for me this this was fun again once you get onto what the summit is and you start to see that like tarkin's there pulling together like hemlock and all the other kind of two degree bigwigs mm-hmm. uh generals and kind of doctors and stuff across the 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 empire or the new newly formed evil empire mm-hmm. um you start to hear some pretty cool, like, interesting evil things. Like, <laughs> you ha- Hemlock just out and out says, yeah, he's just going to use the clones as testing subjects. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, That's- even one of his fellow evil bad guys, like, says, have they even given consent for this? Because, like, he's, he, at least he's politically aware because the Senate, you know, there are members of the Senate, as he, he brings up, that are looking uh, and actively trying to secure their rights yeah, and so on. But, like, seen this season, yeah. it's, uh, I just was thinking, yeah, Hemlock really does not care about, uh, <laughs> Any of that? He, yeah, well, his response is their property of the empire, their clones, <laughs> no. and property of the empire. They don't have to give their consent, and it's a great way to get rid of them. Basically, give them to me as test subjects. Uh, yeah. Although Evil. I did, yeah, exactly. Although I did think Hemlock was pretty light on detail when Tarkin asked him how his, you know, his research was going into the Kemino and cloning technology. Mm. Uh, I yeah. guess his answer, truthfully, would have been. Well, I haven't gotten Omega yet, so I've done nothing <laughs> because Nala Say's not on board. Um, yeah, I, I in think that sense. I think his answer is I will keep throwing clone bodies at it until I break the code, or maybe if I can get Omega, then I can get her to uh, encourage Nala Say to help speed along the process. But he's effectively saying we have thousands and thousands of bodies that yeah. we can throw at my research. Um, I think also as part of his answer, which I thought was interesting. Uh, what t- The reason why Tarkin's questioning him is because of the amount of budget that he's asking for, as all good managers do. Um, <laughs> yeah. And his response is, this is imperative to the Emperor. And yeah. In other words, way over your head, Tarkin, this project isn't stopping. I don't care how much budget is I'm asking for. You may be in, in charge of the budget, but the Emperor is the one that's, that's looking for this, and it's going to get done. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what was kind of interesting about this, because when you... You know, here talking sort of lay out this summit. Um, you know, it's a strategy to unify the galaxy and to deter dissent. Mm-hmm. And then he starts talking about molecular alteration to pacify the galaxy. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like next level manipulation happening to mm-hmm. the whole galactic population. I yeah. was just like, Oh my god, this is really bad. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question? Of course. Do we think that that by the time we get to a new hope, that some of that galactic genetic manipulation has happened? I again just because about pacifying. Because I'm like, mm. there's always been that question of, well, yeah, in the in the ten plus years, the twenty years, depending on like, mm. like the 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 the. the galactic empire and i mean the actual actual like 
I mean in terms of the people, not the actual mm-hmm. empire itself, the organization. They they have kind of just rolled with the punches. Mm. To a degree. To a degree. Yeah. They, they, there's let like we learned uh, there has been some ups and downs in between, but like and we're learning more about it. Yeah. But like it would explain somewhat like why people just kind of yeah, agreed to like to kind of go. Oh, yeah, the Nazis are in control. It's okay. Fine. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not. I'm not going to get into real world issues again uh, as we we try to avoid them on this yes, show. True. But I think real world issues tell you there's a reason why people roll over and allow uh, crazy people like this to take over their planet, their their country, their universe, <laughs> their galaxy. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think they will need pacification of the entire masses for people to roll over and accept these people as their leaders. Um, We've seen that happen in the real world. So, uh, no, I, th- I think I think his initial plan may fail and they may use that to control the stormtroopers who, again, are a conscripted force who will oh, be yeah, following them. So, uh, so I think that's more what, what it will be used for. Um, yeah, and the Death because Star. We're, well, that's another thing, of course, to try and pacify the world. But he, the first time that's used to pacif- pacify the galaxy is when they destroy Alderaan in New Hope, right? Um that's the only time they use that weapon to intimidate. Um, that's when it, it's it's coming out party really in in, in well, New Hope. Um, but I I think they may use this to to make the conscripted force more pliable to uh, what to the will of the Empire. Is, is yeah. what I would think. Okay. Um, but I don't. But we don't know. Uh, that's going to be the story of the third season, I guess. Is is what happens with these uh, experiment with the experimentation? Yeah, I mean, it, it also speaking of Death Star, it was the it was good to have the little Easter egg of Director Krennic yes, there with Project Stardust mm. as well. Yes, from Rogue One. Yeah. Um, that is the project that Jin Erso's father has uh, is is named the Death Star or named his work on the Death Star, uh, and that's how she finds we- uh, the access to the Death Star. Exactly, and it which does raise the question with having Saw Gerrera in this show, mm-hmm. would we get Jin Erso? It's as a little, mm. you know, uh, uh, as oh, yeah. as a little kid. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't think she's you know. definitely not old enough to be part of Saw's force. No. at this time, but it's possible we're around the point that Galen Erso gets captured and brought back by. Krennic to work on the project again and then leaving her alone um, to go and join with Sogarera. So I think we're around that right age timeline because we're 15 years before the Battle of Yavin, 15 years before uh, Rogue One basically happens. So we're around around that time frame. So she would be still a very young kid at this stage. So Um, so I don't think she was on the force attacking the base there, unfortunately. Uh, We didn't see a very small uh, stormtrooper uh, in there. Uh, aren't, aren't you really short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we didn't see. Her. I don't think we saw her uh, so far. But I think we're around that time that it would connect it. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think with this whole summit thing, there, there's obviously the summit, but I think around it, mm. um, it is the mission to 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 track Hemlock's base where Crosshair is is being held, yeah. and I I kind of liked tech here. Um, you, you see Hunter is really, in a sense, not on board with this plan. You know, we've said that mm. already this season about one of the other plans, but, um, you know, he doesn't see it as tactical or strategic. Um, whereas Tekken sort of rolls in with, but he is our brother, even though mm-hmm. we have disagreed with him. Um, you know, so we we need to find where he's being held. So, you know, it's kind of nice little dynamics there. 
as and also you know we mentioned uh i think last episode or a few episodes ago about you know the blooming potential for romance between fee and tech if only tech could actually understand the signals yeah, and we yeah. actually really get that uh on the nose here with fee uh trying to say you know when friends speak together it's a conversation mm-hmm. as techs whispering on about briefings uh <laughs> do you want to briefing yeah again? which is like so unromantic yeah and um, and you know she's trying to make the point don't go off with any strange women like other pirates or whatever mm-hmm. and so i like that i kind of and i liked how that was left certainly given what happens in in the next episode mm-hmm. you know you kind of <laughs> you, i like the fact you saw tech almost data processing what had just been said to him yeah. sort of looking and then looking at uh, in the direction that Fee is leaving. But, you know, ultimately, this is, un- unbeknownst to Fee, a forever farewell. Yeah. yeah Which is. is really sad. It is. It is. I think I think their relationship has been lovely. I love that she's able to kind of see through tech to who he, who he really is and kind of spark up a relationship with a person that just doesn't understand anything outside of the work that he's uh, he's been working on i suppose uh, yeah that was that was really nice and then the other part of the summer you, we've mentioned already you saw saw Guerrero's attack with another group of rebels um his his group of rebels we've he- heard every time i think saw Guerrero is mentioned within the history of star wars uh, from the video games to uh, to uh, the bad batch uh, and originally in the clone wars and in, in rogue one every time we've heard about it is that he goes outside of everybody else's strategy <laughs> he is someone that has a rebel force and is willing to use it no matter what other people have plans yeah um so what we see here is he his, is the fly in the ointment he absolutely he? is but to everybody yeah exactly um, you know like his plan here is to uh to kill tarkin and everybody else at the summit there he actually doesn't achieve his plan yeah so they're all still alive by the end of the episode yeah. he has uh damaged the facility and ruined the bad batch's plan because we see um hemlock's ship explode the one that they planted the tracker on so that tracker is going to be completely useless so he's literally interrupted their plan he's done a massive amount of damage it's a you know it's a big facility he's he's killed a lot of a lot of imperials but he hasn't achieved the goal and he's ruined their plan and was unwilling to accept any other option that's what he was here to do and he took his chance basically so i thought that was quite interesting so again you know we've talked many times about the idea that in the future this organized rebel force that we see uh, throughout the original uh, trilogy of movies um that's not present at this time there's just lots of factions that are uh taking their own opportunities here you know and we'll see that develop as the as the years go on and the seasons like uh andor uh came out and tell that story about the the formation of that real rebellion against the empire. Yeah. They also just show how much of a person that I could use bad language against Sol Guerrero is. He's singular focus and no matter what, just doesn't care who gets hurt, what happens or anything. Mm, It's his way or the highway. And they painted that picture across Andor, across, Mm -hmm. like you said, the video games, across um, the OG Rogue, Rogue One. Like, he's just a force to be reckoned with. He's just like, no matter what you are trying to do, if it doesn't go to his plan to hell and back with it, Mm. uh, essentially. Um, And they're painting that picture. The one thing I have noticed potentially is because by the end of this, the guys now know Saul again, 
and they're going to have to go after. I think they may even they may go Saul first over Rex, but to to kind there's a there's a a chance that they could need that more crazy kind of rebellion guy than the the Captain Rex and all those. Maybe. So I think they by having Saul in there, there is a a sliver of crazy hope with them for the next season. Oh, absolutely, and I think you you really get the you know the sense from Saw Gerrera as well that he anyone is expendable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he yeah. he won't call off his mission and plan just to save some prisoners. You know, so it he the 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 small things. It it's as you say, it's just that singular focus. But mm-hmm. he's willing to sacrifice anyone and everyone for his goal of uh you know because you get this sense from Saw Gerrera that you know it it is vengeance from him mm. and it's so focused on that uh, and nothing will deter him from that course of action so you, you kind of get that sense here again uh as well yeah I think um, this character yeah yeah I think the other thing I just actually on a lighter note, I really enjoyed the security officer in in his little kind of <laughs> booth with the other um, uh. technicians, where he just kept like all the all these sensors were going down, and he's just increasingly sighing as yeah. he's like, "What is going on?" Uh, oh, <laughs> have you tried like... turning it off and on again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, god, this uh, place really like is that. falling apart. <laughs> it's like, yeah, really, he was he was really good. Uh, also, like the little minor mission of Amiga and uh, Wrecker working together, where Wrecker's yeah. uh, making sure that Amiga can get there and, and plant the the uh, unfortunately um, unusable uh, device on the. On Hemlock ship, I thought that was a good little moment of excitement as she's uh, she's trying to avoid all the all the stormtroopers. It was cool. Yeah, enjoyed that. And poor little droid that she stepped on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, just yes. caught on Wrecker's foot. The, the, crush, mouse the crush mouse droid. Yes, they would be quite annoying if you're uh, if you're trying to do a silent operation. <laughs> yeah, they're quite squeaky, aren't yeah. they? They are. Yes, absolutely. Let's move on to blaster point number two. <laughs> The emotional heart of these two episodes, really. The rail car um, yeah. and our team stuck on board and uh, the cable car or the rail car. Yes, in, in real jeopardy here mm-hmm. because of the problems that Guerrera has caused for mm-hmm. them by effectively setting off all the explosives. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, I thought this was really good. I mean, there's nothing like a, you know... Uh, elevated action sequence mm-hmm. to yep. get my legs a wobbling. Uh, I did feel a bit like Wrecker, you know, yeah. as, as they're heading over where he's like, this isn't so bad. And then sort of the cloud opens up and he sees how high up they are. Yeah. But, uh, oh, no. yeah, I really, I kind of just really, um, I enjoyed this as well as then it being like, a. a gut punch mm-hmm. uh with what happens to tech because it really did feel like high stakes mm-hmm. high jeopardy for them and i love the fact that actually it came from talking you know talking has always been that decisive um person i mean so much so he got himself exploded because mm-hmm. his, his his advisors were telling him they see what the rebels are doing mm-hmm. and he's like 
in our moment of triumph. You know, it's almost too focused. Absolutely. Um, and but his focus of just like saying, get get fighter ships mm-hmm. to to blow them off the the monorail yeah. effectively. But it could kill our men. Uh, who cares? They're expendable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, like it all comes from his sort of Sounds real like decisiveness. Well. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. As I was saying, it's like that singular focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tarkin is really focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, just in general, I really like that the Bad Batch Uh but the other animated shows as well, like Clone Wars, have mm-hmm. kind of looked at Tarkin, uh, mm-hmm. you know, over the course of their many seasons and so yeah. on, because he was that kind of like really interesting character yeah, from absolutely. New Hope, you know. Effectively, you know, Darth Vader, when we met him first, was almost Tarkin's enforcer because I didn't really yeah. know about the Emperor. So you thought the villain was dead at the end of A New Hope. Uh, as in Tarkin, but he was just another underling in the in the Empire, I suppose. Um, I, I love this. I love this scene. I think just even even the makeup of the scene itself, where we have the two battling cable cars, uh, Bad Batch on one side, the stormtroopers on the other side, shooting across at each other. There's no easier foe when you're in a shootout than uh, a bunch of stormtroopers <laughs> who are at distance trying to shoot at you, and uh, they will hit. The, they're just about hitting the side of the uh, of the rail car occasionally. But I did really like the. Uh, I did really like the setup of it. Love the you know having a two story. Um, Rail car makes sense because then you can have a little bit more action in different places. That's quite cool. Everybody taking their uh, taking their their shots, trying to get out of this situation. It's cool. Yeah, and I, I, the, the thing I enjoyed was the batch had been previously across the season pretty good at kind of stunning people, not killing. Yeah, um, they definitely killed a few folks in this yes. episode. Like just yes, getting into the summit. They end up not. They stunned two of the the stormtroopers, and then mm-hmm. the third one who came out the door just got flipped over the edge. Yeah, and yep. if you listen, you hear. Ah. Yeah, absolutely. And yep. then Wrecker, while on the monorail, getting sorry, the, the side when he's on the car, Wrecker with his automatic blaster, he hits two of them, and they go like mm-hmm. they weren't hit with stun; they were hit with normal red. And yep. then on top of that, kind of fell out the door and i was like oh okay like yeah the, the boys are back killing when when life's on the line they they, they take life i think just some of those scenes of the like the, the stormtroopers getting hit and then you see the him fall from the rail car mm-hmm. i just was really you know into the cloud were, were really good and even yeah, once the power it um is restored and it kind of gets taken away really quickly uh, on on the line. As they go past the other car with the remaining stormtroopers, there's a few shots fired off, and you just see one of the stormtroopers getting hit and falling out mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, with I guess kind of a lucky shot as they they just fire as they sort of race past. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good, it was a great little ba- battle sequence, and yeah. just added to with then the the fighters being mm-hmm. brought in uh but also then with tech having to go out of the rail car in order to restore the power yeah. so that they can actually escape and um, as i say guerrera causes a lot of problems here and i mean just then you know tech sacrifice yeah. uh is i found it really like big i felt this was a big 
big moment, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just, you know, that just when he says Plan 99, it mm-hmm. must obviously be, a, a you know, the code for... One of us has to sacrifice yeah, himself. One yeah, one of us have to, has to sort of sacrifice yeah. himself. This and, is Cloud and, Force 99, so I presume that's why it's called Plan 99. Yeah, yeah. and you see, like, with Wrecker... And, mm. uh, and Omega as he, as he plummets down, mm. uh, in, into the clouds. So like, th- yeah, this was big because I mean, all the way up to that, you know, Wrecker's telling tech, climb up the, the cable, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, he goes, I am. So you think he's going to get out of it. So yeah. it was a real jolt that he, he didn't. Absolutely. And he, you and know, like if Wrecker could have gotten there, he could have pulled him up much quicker, but they have, the um, imbalance in the cars yeah. that if Wrecker walks in there, the car will fall and everybody's lost then, you know? So um, yeah, massive sacrifice. And yet yeah, it, uh, it's really well delivered. The, 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 um, the tension that's in there is, is fantastically uh, put on screen. It's a really emotional moment. Absolutely. If there is ever a moment where the phrase no should be in a star Wars mm. um, property, it was yeah. probably here. Yeah. Not after Revenge yeah. of the Sith. I think that probably would have killed the tension <laughs> and killed the mood. Uh, it would have. If they'd used that. But I think I was actually screaming that out mm. in my head as it happened. Yeah. And then I immediately thought of Darth Vader and I was like, oh no. <laughs> no. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I still can't believe they've done it. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, honestly, it's just... And I don't even know if they have done it. Like they, they, I, I'm so curious to see if this death will stick. I think, yeah. I think it actually might because then mm. otherwise it, to a degree, gets rid of the sacrifice. But it depends on. And I, I know that we were chatting very quickly off air. I know they've kept death. Death is a thing in some properties in Star mm. Wars, and it's not in others. Yeah, yeah. like Darth Maul came back from a lot worse mm-hmm. whereas yeah. other characters have not yeah. um so it's in it, it will be interesting to see how they keep whether we get into like episode four of season three and like you then see tech's body and he's nursed back to health mm. over the year over a year or so or yeah. or clones i mean i mean, I mean I There's was so making, many options. Well, yeah. I was making so many kind of different scenarios in my head as to why he hadn't really died. Mm. Like it was going from just his his grappling gun that they use at the start to get over to the compound, mm-hmm. and this was coming from his belt. So I thought, oh, maybe he's got one, and he can sort of grapple his way to safety. Mm. But you just don't see that, and then. But his gun is dropped, so I was like, is that the same gun? Because I actually didn't really want to believe it. And even, I guess, with Hemlock showing the goggles, Mm -hmm. okay, that's pretty definitive. But then I'm like, or is that all they found? Do you know what I mean? I was going, and then throughout, I was like, oh, they're going to, he'll be a surprise. Like sniper shot from the back or a shot, he'll turn up in the shadows in this episode. Right. And they didn't. And that's why I'm like, I'm very interested to see next yeah. season now. Right. Will this stick? Oh, and no. I have no qualms <laughs> about either way. Yeah. yeah. 
but I just I actually can't definitively say it's a death. I, I, I know, and, and what complicates it even more is because this is a, an animated show, and the general audience for it is skews younger. The old adage of if you don't see a body, they're not dead. Um, you know, that doesn't really work in this yeah, case exactly. because they're not going to show a body on the show, you know. <laughs> a uh, crippled, they, they, like crumpled yeah, version exactly. of yeah, it. They, like, ah. Pretty much as definitively as you can on a on this type of animated show, they've pretty much gone, he's dead, everybody's mourning him, here's the here's the goggles. But could they bring him back? Absolutely. There's a hundred thousand ways they could. Definitely. And would it be a great reveal? Absolutely. But I'm going into season three expecting that it's dealing with the fact that the Bad Batch have lost one of their own. Um yeah. he's he's dead by the end of this season. If yeah. he comes back, that's the nice big surprise. But I'm not gonna look out for it because because uh, <laughs> um then I'll look for sixteen episodes of a season where he doesn't come back. Absolutely. And I think either way I'd be happy. You know, I think um, yeah. because not happy he's gone. No, I'm not happy <laughs> that he's gone. So I would be really happy that he comes back. But at the same time, if they stuck to their guns, I'd be happy that they did that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's one of those things. I mean, again, I was even like going, you know, the re- for rebels effectively that that group really up until the final few episodes Mm -hmm. because there was a big death in in rebels as well so it's not unusual Mm -hmm. for sure but it's just basically there has to be a season three from my side just given where they've left it (laughs) quite frankly hope so um and i really hope so but um you know it just feels maybe too early if they have a season three that mm. tech is not there for the whole of it. Yeah. And if they have a season four, I mean, I don't know where they're looking to take this story in the, you know, the, the, the mountain the lair of Dave Filoni and, uh, Matt Miknovich and, yeah. uh, Jennifer Corbett, I guess. Well, we've got, uh, we've got what, as I said, 15 years till we see old age Rex, uh, balding and graying um so that's uh that's 15 years of stories uh for at least at least one of the characters that featured in the bad batch so uh yeah and we've seen a few of the other characters as well so uh so loads of stories to tell i'm sure um but yes it would be a massive loss but hey we've had massive science fiction shows like star trek the next generation which lost a major character in the first season right so and still continued on for seven seasons afterwards without them so um it's entirely possible yeah but uh this is an animated show the character is voiced by a an actor who voices every other major character on the show apart from Omega. So um, there's no particular reason why he couldn't come back. But I am very saddened by his loss. But uh, I'm not going to be looking out for him in season three. If it happens, <gasps> awesome. There you go. Um, anything else about the rail car? Anything else about uh, about the summit before we move on to our final blaster point? Um, the, the only little thing... Um to add here is when the rail car you know crashes into the the station mm. as they you know escape effectively and you have that whole war movie oh yes you know the the, the slightly slowed down slightly unconscious feel to the camera mm-hmm. work and the you know hunter and wrecker you know, coming to collect Omega, who's mm-hmm. been thrown from the, the the crash car, firing blasters and and getting on back onto the Marauder to to escape. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that whole sequence. It so felt cool, wasn't it? really cinematic. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and I thought, well, you know, props that this kind of 
this level uh, is is being done in animation. Yeah, absolutely. You know? The creativity from from really that team good. is just fantastic. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. As uh, as you, uh, I think we're all kind of in a bit of shell shock as an audience, and it's kind of playing out that way as well when you're seeing just whatever Omega's seeing as she comes in and out of consciousness. Um, yeah, really good. Okay, let's go on to our third and final blaster point for these two episodes. Betrayal and revelations in uh, the final episode, final part of this episode. Um, so you mentioned obviously the injuries that uh, that everybody sustains. It was an interesting choice here. You know, we we've seen them on the run away from Sid uh, for quite a while now. They found their their home in Pabu. They haven't been in contact with Sid. They haven't even yeah they haven't even responded to any any uh, communications from her. But because Omega's injured here. They have to take her back to Ord Mantel to get yeah. uh, to get fixed up by AZ three. Um, I'd say they probably would would have avoided going back to uh, Ord Mantel for any yeah. other reason, but because it's Omega and they have to get help from the medical droid um, AZ three uh, being originally from Camino, and the only place that can go that can get him is Ord Mantel. So if you think back, you know, earlier on in the season, they basically went on the run after a job. Um, yeah. They weren't expecting to never go back to Ord yeah. Mantel, so that's really why. AZ3 is, is left behind. Yeah, no, I thought it was... Um, it, it's one of those moments where, you know, if Hunter looks back with regret on decisions he's made mm. um, that effectively, whilst probably has l- little choice in the matter, mm-hmm. going back to Sid, to Ord Mantel, um, you know, it kicks off this whole kind of next bit of this final episode, really, mm. which is... Um, Sid's betrayal. And just to be fair to Sid, not that I'm agreeing with what she did mm-hmm. by any stretch. And I think it's because of Rhea Perlman's, you know, voice acting here, mm. uh, coupled with the animation. I like the sense of regret that you could see. Like there was, there was an element when she was speaking with Rekka at the bar. It's like, I had no choice. And I felt that actually she meant it. She wasn't okay. just saying it. And then she was really kind of dejected as. Uh, you know, Hemlock effectively gives her the case of credits and he says, you can go now. Mm. It's it's almost like she kind Thank of just dropped service. her head and sort of slinked off. Kind of. I, yeah. I, I don't agree with what she did. Mm. Anything like that, I don't much sympathy for her. But I got the sense at that moment that she regretted what she did, I, uh, per- even though she couldn't take it back. Yeah, personally, uh, by the end of the episode, I agree with you. By the end of the episode, she regrets what she's done. But there's almost a there's almost a joy I felt in her revealing that she's sold them out. She basically said, "Well, I tried to do everything I could to keep you out of it. You're no longer of any use to me because you're t- they're bringing too much heat. There's no lo- you're no longer uh, can go on missions for me, so I'm selling you out. Not only has she sold out the Bad Batch, she's brought the Empire to Ord Mantel as well. Well, that's true. She's yeah. basically sold out that planet. She's been telling them the whole way along, we ca- you, ca- you can't be kept safe on Ord Mantel. Um, this place will eventually be overrun by the Empire, and she's the cause of that. Um, Absolutely. By this episode. Yeah. I'm just... Giving you know giving a, little a little bit, bit of column B yeah. as well here. I can, I can see at the end she doesn't take, um, yeah, she doesn't take much joy in that uh, in that caseload of uh, of credits that she gets. She's um, pretty dejected when when he kind of says to her, you know, it, it's like he's not giving her the reward of "Aren't you a great um, asset to the empire?" He just says, "Thanks for your service. Now get out of here." Basically, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm very much more on the Derek side of things. 
to, to essentially she just I'm let's just be clear I'm on the Derek side of things as well mm-hmm. I was just it was just what I noticed from yeah you do he's you know and I agree I think it's just at the end when she sees the full impact of her decisions mm-hmm. I think yeah it's exactly just in that initial where she's talking to Wrecker she's like this is your fault you yeah. forced me this yeah yeah like, no absolutely absolutely the delivery you're right and John you're right in the delivery like to that point it's been harsh, harsh, harsh. And throughout the season, they're, they've been slapping us in the face with a giant fish of Sid is bad. Yeah. Sid yeah. is going to sell them out. Sid is not to be trusted. Yeah. Uh, and I mentioned earlier in the conversation here, for me, the reveal on this would have been so much stronger. Mm. It, I love my M. Night Shyamalan um, kind of twists. And I think they, they're really, really strong mm. because it does kind of jerk the narrative in a way that you're not expecting. Yeah. And I was just like, could you imagine? Like, they didn't, they maybe signposted once or like, but not just con- the consistent way that they did throughout the season. Again, yeah. I know the audience skews slightly younger, so they have to be a bit more direct. But could you imagine, like, this is, that could have been the Lando level of betrayal. Okay. Yeah, Speaking maybe. of like Empire, like mm. you could have done an almost Lando level where you, yeah. you think Sid's in your corner, mm-hmm. in their corner for the whole thing. And then she starts talking and you're like, what's going? Oh my God. No, she brought him like, ah, <laughs> like that's where you could have got like, again, yeah. just in my slice. But again, I understand why they did what they did. I just thought it would be kind of writing my own narrative to a degree right. on this. So. I, I don't think it takes much away from the episode. And I think, you know, one of those things that we always kind of commented on or when we when we realized her species is Trandoshan, uh, and that's been something that we've been hit over the head with since they first appeared in Star Wars. These people are bad people, you know. Uh, and we kind of had talked about, like, why are the Bad Batch staying anywhere near her and then they started repeating over and over again she has a very bad reputation you know and so i think the betrayal was coming and i think hunter probably knew that as well but he thought maybe we can set down here long enough for um given that she has a good relationship with amiga maybe she won't turn us in while amiga's here um we can heal up and then put away our arms and travel back to Pabu and rest for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, that's the conversation he's having with, with, uh, with Amiga. It's, um, and I, and I do think there's a possibility that she would have let them away with it, given that they're injured and given that she had got that good relationship with Amiga. So, uh, they didn't trust her. That That's why they were staying away with, away from her for so long, but that it, there is still a betrayal there even though we know that she's untrustworthy, there's still a bigger betrayal there that she would turn them in given uh, that they're all injured. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think then, you know, Hemlock coming in, uh, getting Wrecker. Mm. I love the kind of face off between Hemlock mm. and Hunter, mm-hmm. you know, effectively this is the alpha males really. Um, and I just thought it was I just thought it was done so well. I think um, with the two of them, you know, you just got the sense that they weren't going to back down. And mm-hmm. in the end, even though he doesn't have any gun in his hand, Hemlock is the one that prevails just by, you know, if you do anything, 
wrecker will yeah. be shot. And you see the stormtrooper putting the, the barrel of the laser to his head. You know, that's, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, the, this exchange for, for Omega that you will be allowed to live. Mm-hmm. You know, he is very, very, very sure of himself. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I loved how that played out with Hunter, who is also very sure of himself, but possibly a little more collegiate. Yeah. Um, you know, in the, the brotherhood, Hemlock doesn't have that. Yeah. You know, at all. So I, I, I really like that face off. I liked how then all the, it was kind of a bit of toing and froing, really. Um, I guess that's my zig and zagging of yeah, people too, being, um, first they were captured. Me, Omega escapes, but I, I love the fact as well that Omega's rationale and you can sense it is because she's just lost tech. Mm-hmm. She'd had that loss of echo for a while mm-hmm. and being told to run um, and, and not to come and help them. And she goes against Hunter's wishes yeah. Um, yeah. here. So I, I thought it was a real nice sort of moment for Omega's arc, really, in terms of what's happened in this season. You know, she doesn't want to lose any more of the family mm-hmm. that she knows Um at this moment, at least, um, you know, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it's even once she's back on Mount Tantis mm. and she sees Crosshair, it, you know, it, it's yeah. even though he has betrayed them, mm. she, she, you know, she's been, she heard what Tech said effectively mm. earlier in, in the, in episode 15. Yeah. Uh, about him being a brother, even though we disagree with him and even with Nala Say. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I like that. Quick question. This season, so the last time we saw Crosshair with the Bad Batch was the last episode of last season. We haven't seen him with the Bad Batch since then, right? And they'd worked together to get away from um, Kamina. But he stayed behind and said, consider us even, and that was kind of it. So, But he'd made his choice to stay with the Empire. Since last season, Crosshair hasn't actually done anything to betray the Bad Batch or attack the Bad no. Batch or follow the Bad Batch, I think, if I'm, if no. I think I'm right in that. So this is the first time now Amiga's seeing him since that moment where he was left behind on Camino. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean, John. For me, it's that I like that they have ultimately given Omega the ability to do that self-sacrifice, if that makes sense. Like, they've grown up the child. We talked about how much she had matured from season one into the beginning of season two. Mm. She is a member of the Bad Batch now. She is, to a degree, the best of all of them. Mm. She has a bit of pilot piloting skills. She has a bit of tracking. She has a bit of wreckers, love, and heart. She is growing to become part of them and mm-hmm. part of the Batch. And by giving her the arc to that she sacrifices, well, it is a sacrifice. She's not killing herself, but she sacrifices her her own self to save the batch. And I like that. It gives her 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 overall arc this season some more weight. Mm-hmm. Yes, we set her up then to put her in with Crosshair, so we could definitely that's going to be interesting and fun to see where it goes in season three. If, again, we get it, like she convinces Crosshair to free her, 
And then we find about Nana Say and her sister. So I like what they've done by placing her there. I didn't think that was going to be a thing. I thought they were going to put the whole batch there and the whole, like, that was the the end of it. Oh, I, thought that was, I thought they were going to, like, basically bring, having to bring them all in mm. and then they have to work across her to get out. But by having essentially, the, again, you're right, and Derek, what you said, like it, this is a very much more Empire Strikes Back style yeah. mm-hmm. ending where it looks like there's no hope. Yeah. Like, how are they going to find the Omega and Crosshair in this in this scientific facility because they have no idea where it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, no leads, no way of tracking Hemlock ship or anything like that. Could be anywhere in the galaxy, so yeah. uh, how can they? How can they find out where it is? But I, I, I like that Hunter has that vow. You know, we are going to get her back. Mm-hmm. He's adamant. Yeah, I, I wonder if it will follow. You know, that that path of you know the the, the request really from Hemlock is send more clones um, for uh, for experimentation on this planet. So. I guess that's a way to track them, right? If there's groups of clones being moved from prisons or moved from uh, from active duty into uh, off somewhere unknown, they follow that to, yeah. to find their way to. Yeah. Uh, that's to how they discovered it first. Yeah, exactly. So again, so yeah, there, there's definitely ways. It's mm. just again, it's the bleak outlook. Yeah, exactly. um, but Which it leaves us with Which we oh, love. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but it also leaves us as I here. It leaves us with all these. Cliffhangers? Yeah, I suppose, like, like, uh, yeah, it is a cliffhanger. You have a sister, Chris. That is a massive yes. cliffhanger. Yes. That's huge. Yes. And very Return of the Jedi. Yes. There is <laughs> another. Uh, yeah, there sister. is another. Yes. Uh, but it's when Luke and Vader are battling in the Emperor's throne room, and mm-hmm. he just sort of draws Luke out. That's all I could think of when sort of this reveal of the sister. Mm-hmm. So maybe we will only get a season three and that's our Return of the Jedi ending. There you go. That could maybe. be it. That could be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because for the last couple of episodes, there's a Dr. Scalper who's the female assistant of Dr. Hemlock. And I, w- I thought that this character was the same female assistant of Dr. Hemlock. It's a different character completely. It's Emery Carr is the name of uh, the name of this character that, that approaches um, Omega at the end and says, you know, it's interesting that you would, uh, that you would trust the Kaminoan, uh, meaning Nalase, and not me considering how close we are. Uh, I'm your sister. So it seems like she is another female clone, a much earlier generation of female clones, or maybe she has the same aging, uh, that was given to the Bad Batch and not to Omega. So, um, so yeah, so I yeah. think we know now that Omega was created in the same batch as the Bad Batch, but wasn't given any of the genetic modifications of them. She was literally made in the same room as them. That's what we found out last season. So, um, so potentially, uh, she is also another member of that Bad Batch crew, or she was on Camino with, um, with Nalase and moved, uh, moved to Mentantis. Well, and I guess that's why the importance of Omega to Nalase, even. You know, if she's built up the bond is down to, you know, how she's been able to alter the genetics. Mm. So there is little to no aging. I mean, there mm. is some aging in this from season one. Of course. You yeah. know, yeah. but it, it, it's, it's maybe, it's more natural. It's real time. Yes. Yeah. It's real yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that 
sort of depth of knowledge that she has, and that's why she's so critical for Hemlock, mm-hmm. um, and why Omega is so critical to Hemlock in order to use her as leverage effectively. Yeah. I felt like it was going to be something else, and then it was it was literally that. I've been told by the Prime Minister that um, that Omega is important to Nalase, so I'm bringing her here, and she will pay the price if you don't do what the Empire yeah. a- Emperor asks. Um, and Nalase says whatever it is the Emperor is asking for, which I think is clones of the Emperor, uh, given that's the uh, that's the final story we get in the in the sequel trilogy. Um, she's saying that's impossible. His ask yeah. to yeah. clone him is impossible. So. Uh, well, it's make it possible or Omega dies. Uh, seems like quite yeah. a big, uh, quite a big cliffhanger, right? Which I don't, I don't understand that part. So just like a clone hmm. seems simple. I'm wondering if it's a clone with the Metachlorians. Like that's the yeah. impossible element. Yeah, because yeah, like, we've, we've got to get, uh, yeah, we've got to get Grogu's um, Jedi abilities uh, incorporated into the cloning technology for the Emperor, basically. Right? That's hmm. why they were trying to steal Grogu in, in Mandalorian. Was trying to get his genetic code. Um, that was the initial yeah. mission. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it takes them, we know it takes them another 30 years to perfect it, right? Because that's, uh, the, the emperor disappears for a while. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I, I was, I was somewhat, I'm not going to lie. I was somewhat, oh, that's, that's like, I, they literally told us ages ago. That's exactly what they, why Hemlock wanted Omega. Yeah. They told it to us. I still thought it was going to be something else. I like I did expect like he was going to want her for something else as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But fine. Like it it's a Yeah. It's a way to move the story forward. So I get it again. Just when are they gonna tell me she's a Jedi? <laughs> They're not, Chris. They're not. I know. I this so is- actually I w I'm gonna say this from my side. Uh-huh. I no longer think that. Yeah. Like, like literally <laughs> they have given her all the opportunities now yeah. throughout this season yeah. to have that force sensitive element come mm-hmm. out to have some form of connection to have something. Yeah. They that is not the story. That's fine. Yeah. Like give us someone who is cuz I like I like the the space wizards. That's my thing. But overall <laughs> we had I think Gunji. Earlier on this season, a, a, a Wookiee Jedi. Ongo- yes, I want an ongoing. He could come season. back. He could come back maybe, next season. Maybe. You never know. We just never understand him. No. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't understand Chewbacca for six seasons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I will admit that was my complaint about it, only having Gunji in that episode, Chris. So I know you're calling back yes. to my complaint about Gunji as well. So uh, that we couldn't understand him in the episode. Um yeah, so lots of lots of great moments at at, at the end here. Interesting that Crosshair is completely unconscious here. He has no idea that Amiga has arrived. Amiga can't wake him uh, either. So I uh, thought that was quite interesting um, as well. So uh, so hopefully uh, they'll uh, rekindle their relationship now that Crosshair has kind of changed his mind yeah. about the evil empire and what they're doing. Um, anything else about the episode that we want to talk about, guys? Um, I've just got two little things mm-hmm. again. I felt Hunter looking up at Hemlock's ship as he takes off from Ord Mantel, uh, mm-hmm. really cinematic, just with the, the light on his face yeah. as well. Yeah. Kind of reminded me possibly alien or something. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the, uh, other, uh, space, uh, odysseys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't know whether it was just me, but as the Marauder left Ord Mantel, mm-hmm. was it damaged? Because it looked like the one of the engines had a trail of black 
smoke but it wasn't particularly notice. noticeable but right. then even just before the jump to hyperspace mm -hmm. which i loved that actually um just the bump as it goes yeah. it, it looked like one of the engines was damaged. sort of damaged but then I, I i just thought i was imagining it maybe i just cleaned the tv yeah, I was going to say, this is just yeah, a it could be. It's just one streak of black on the yeah. TV that I haven't cleaned off. <laughs> a couple off, of cobwebs that have just been floating in the air. <laughs> but you did watch the episode three times, and you did notice it. So, I did. Uh, so potentially uh, it was Yeah, that, I, I, I honestly, I said I, I, I missed it too. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two quick ones. Um, loved the uh, the battle where Echo steals the uh, the ATST uh, on the streets of Ward Mantel and takes <laughs> and takes on the Empire with uh, with that. I love uh, Hunter and and Wrecker looking at each other, going, "Oh, that's definitely Echo." <laughs> As the, <laughs> the noise comes from down the street, thought that was a really cool uh, moment uh, and uh, a nice callback to how many times uh, those ATSTs get stolen by uh, by the Rebel forces across the uh, across all of Star Wars. Really cool. Uh, the other one I just wanted to call out just because it is quite interesting that both season one and season two have ended on Mount Tantus with a new prisoner arriving who is of great importance to the Empire this season. Uh, Omega last season was Nalisei's arrival. So I uh, just think it's interesting that that is obviously a central location for the Bad Batch. This is a this is their um, this is their big location, right? This is, this the, big, is the Holy Grail. This is the big bad. Yeah. yeah, that's what they need to find. That's going to be the the mission if we do get Hunter a season three. Hunter is going to have to go all Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have to climb up Mount Tantus. Drop his hat or his bandana. I have to grab it under a door. There yeah. you go. It's all in Lucasfilm, guys. Yep. <laughs> Good stuff. That's it. That's our thoughts on all of The Bad Batch Season 2. So let's wrap it up. Any final thoughts on The Bad Batch 215 and 216? John, overall, what did you think of the episodes? Uh, I absolutely love these episodes. Um, I'd give these five tech supports out of five. Nice. Um, I just really... I just enjoyed everything about it. That was a really good wrap up. Um, leaves you with, I mean, loads of rev revelations, you know, being left on tenterhooks. But mm -hmm. to me, it was also like, oh, we're definitely getting a season three. Okay. Um, okay. And I'm convinced of that mm -hmm. until I guess someone in Star Wars, um, says they're not but yeah. you know there is a lot of story here um and uh, i just i loved it with the reveal of um uh omega's sister i thought just the whole family being ripped apart with omega being taken but also the death of tech um or the sacrifice of tech really good and so i i felt this just fitted really well um and i i think the lead up to this as well has just been like spot on mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah i'd give it five tech supports out of five uh really two great episodes here um with lots of action lots of cinematic feel um from how it's been mm -hmm. directed uh to the music and, and so on you yeah, know really mm -hmm. enjoyed it Absolutely, like that, that. Even that arrival at uh, at um, Tarkin's planet uh, looks like it could come straight out of the movies. Like, not even like this is nice animation. This looks incredible uh, for a mm. TV show. Loved it, loved it. How about yourself, Chris? What do you think overall? I really enjoyed it. I I like I I've I've compl I've had some complaints this season. I'm not going to lie, and that's it. I didn't. Um, in terms of the uh, adventure of the week, some one or even even one of the two of those adventure of the weeks were actually fun. Um, 
I think they just nail, consistently nail the ending mm-hmm. of the narrative, like the story thread that they're putting through. Uh, and I know they, it, they, they suffer somewhat from having to maybe extend that story out and they could cut some of those and give us like shorter seasons, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Overall, this ending, these last two really did ratchet up the, the grief, the loss, the tension. And enough that I'm like, Oh, I need a season three, at least just like a, like a six episodes to close it out. You're always because trying to shorten down the stories, Chris, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I just mean like, it, don't cancel it out. Don't just stick it in my eyes. I only want to know what happens. I don't really want to watch it. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just give it to me now. Put it in my brain. Um, yeah. But overall, look, I, I think it was really good. I was yeah. not expecting the, the death. Mm-hmm. Like, again, was not... Was expecting a very much a quick resurrection in the next episode, like it was. But it looks like it might keep. So, and very interested to see where they go with it. Yeah, Derek, what about yourself? Yeah, loved this. Loved this closeout to the season. You know, I was I was thinking about it this week. That question that we had about the you know the episodes that didn't directly tie into the overall story. And I'm slightly opposite to you, Chris. I actually think they needed a few more minutes in those episodes just to tie them into the overall story because the episodes were great. I really enjoyed the entire season this season of uh, of The Bad Batch. It's a 16-episode show. Having those um, those extra missions to develop the characters, I think, have been fantastic. They've done a great job. My only complaint was you could have just said something that ties it into the overall narrative. Um, they felt more standalone than they than they could have been but these two episodes what a way to end this season what a way to close out the story of the bad batch as they are now um alone and trying to find uh find omega and where she's where she's gone to she's in a very dangerous position this is a very bad place for her to be so um and what a brilliant villain to bring in for the last four or five episodes dr hemlock has been so good what yeah. a great addition to the show uh really really good cannot wait to see uh what happens when we hopefully get a season three? Might as well say this now. Star Wars Celebration Europe is on in about a week's time over the over the Easter Bank Holiday weekend in London. Um, we expect the announcement there of a third season of this show. Um, Dave Filoni originally had said that this is going to be probably a five season arc if they can get it. Obviously, that still has to be valid, has to be confirmed. I would be uh, I would be very surprised if they haven't got a plan in place for the third season of the show. Uh, it's not coming next year or the year after. I think it was a two-year gap between the first and second season, so you'd expect the same for uh, for the third season. So, um, uh, and I'm delighted about that. That would be great if we get a, if we get an announcement really soon about that third season. Yeah, it would. Yeah, definitely. It's, it would seem weird to, for that weekend to pass by and not have an announcement of the third season. So, uh, so hopefully we'll find out really soon. Fingers crossed. There has been some shakeups across Marvel, Disney, and everything in between. So, fingers crossed, we can get some answers. Yeah, there's been a shakeup across every single streaming service because they found out they were putting out way too much, dropping it all yeah. in a day, and not making any money back off it. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think going back to uh, to seasons like The Bad Batch, where you get 16 weeks of half hour episodes, um, that I think that's a much better. Uh, strategy for them to do so they'll probably go back to doing that uh, instead of delivering 12 seasons of uh, of uh, one property in a year uh, which nobody can catch up on i think that's uh, so i think bad batch is safe is my is my point anyway we'll find out in about in a week's time let's pop on over to facebook uh, for some feedback on this episode first up alan morday says those last two episodes of bad batch were dark possibly the darkest i've seen star wars do more so than andor i think 
Love the word Eagles. Dare cable car homage. Also, was the female with the soul meant to be Jin Erso? Poor tech. Also, the soundtrack for this episode was amazing as ever. Excellent, Alan. So maybe it was where Eagles there, John. Yes. Well, I knew it was something like that. Yeah. It's like I was thinking Eagles Nest, but then I was thinking, oh no, that was Hitler's sort of residence, which I guess similar Could be that too. Um, to talking in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely remember the the cable car rescue um and I th- I thought it was where Eagles Dare. Yeah, good uh, spot Alan mm-hmm. uh there. Yeah. And we and we do think uh Jen Erso would be too young to be on the mission with Saw. I don't think I don't think I saw um any younger character with Saw in the episode. Did we Not see that I can remember. Did we see him back on no. the ship with a younger character just before he pushed the button when they were escaping was there a younger no, I don't remember. No. I have, might have to have a look at that really quickly. Good stuff. Thanks, Alan. Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips says, no, sisters. At least that goes some way to explaining the more humane approach she had to crosshair in earlier episodes. In episode 15, rightly, I feared for the Maestroid and wrongly for Omega in the shuttle garage. Really enjoyed the idea of two squads of rebels getting in each other's way and the air car hangar ending was suitably tense. Episode 16 didn't quite have the same degree of delight maybe the power of the penultimate really does have something chris <laughs> maybe apart from when omega really did get stolen by the mangale analog of hemlock i do hope there's a bunch of folks who now go and learn more about the horrors undertaken by the nazi doctors and their research on natural clones identical twins in death camps during world war ii yeah thanks Dr. Bob, uh, yeah, not only is the Bad Batch delivering its darkest take, mm. uh, I think, uh, and, and rightly so, uh, the, you know, it is the comparison here. Mm. And, um, I guess what with, uh, you know, Hem, Dr. Hemlock is that, you know, um, evil scientist mm. that will do anything for, you know, the pursuit of truth in quotes, but, uh, yep. you know, effectively stepping on, um, rights of, and in this case, anyone else, but in particular, the clones, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, even one of the other higher ranking Imperial officers managed to sort of identify that maybe what he was doing was wrong, mm-hmm. even though he's still on board with the goals, yeah. which I guess, links as to i guess uh persuaded mentality so mm. um yeah um and yeah I, I love the two um squads getting in the way um and ultimately Sorgerera being the nightmare the right, that yeah. really led to tech's death i mean other than the actual mission but you know if they had just mm. managed to get to the other side um or if saw maybe given them a lift well, that's yeah, that true. Was yeah. That, yeah, that that is absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the same. Doesn't matter who he he gets rid of yeah. on his journey. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Doctor Bob. Um, but overall, yeah, no. Um, the uh, World War Two analog is becoming somewhat clearer, and they're leaning into the more darker side of Star Wars, which is fun. Absolutely. Uh, well, fun and informative. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me finish. In for informative. Informative. Yes, informative. Yes. <laughs> uh, but overall, look. Thank you so much for the feedback, Doctor Bob. We have some feedback from Lindsay Lost. Do you want to take that, Chris? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, Lindsay went to say, "Episode fifteen is the calm before the storm. Episode sixteen had me on an emotional breakdown, one scene after another." 
from Tech's death, Sid's betrayal, Hemlock's success at capturing Omega, down to her finding Crosshair unconscious on one of the experiment tables. This episode did not hold punches. Mm-hmm. It is so depressing, yet so good at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And just to give my overall assessment of the season, this has to be one of my absolute fave seasons of any Star Wars television. I know from earlier episodes, not everyone's vibes with it and consider the stories as filler. But to me, it was very symbolic of the journey that the Bad Batch was going through. They were trying to figure out their place in the world outside of being soldiers for the Republic. It was a slow burn, but a very well done story of a small character development one episode at a time. And it manages to pay off the little sprinkles of hints from across the series and really brought their A-game for those final few episodes. I sincerely hope we get a season 3 renewal to continue with these stories. I am so devastated as a fan of these characters, but on a storytelling level, there is so much more for them to explore. Mm -hmm. With Hunter, Wrecker, Echo dealing with the grief and trying to save Omega... With Omega and Crosshair, what kind of bond will they have in comparison to the bond that they both had with their other brothers? I'm so curious and devastated at what Crosshair will think once he finds out that not only did they try to save him, but Tech died in the process of doing so. Mm -hmm. That is true. To think Crosshair looked so prepared to never escape Hemlock's hellhole just to protect everyone, only to lose tech and have Omega end up in Mount Tantus. I could really go on and on about how much this show impacted me, but I will spare you all and just say cheers to all of us for making it through this phenomenal season of Star Mm -hmm. Wars. And here's to hoping for more and for a hopeful resolution for all of them as well. Thanks, Lindsay. That was amazing feedback. And yeah, I think, look, I, I know it didn't vibe, as you say. Not every episode vibed with me, but overall, I agree with you. It's been a phenomenal season of TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's hope for a uh, another season. They just did such a good job, particularly on this last uh, yeah. these last few episodes, which have just been tension filled. They've been really, really interesting character development pieces. Even you know, yeah. as, we, as we said, Pabu was such a good episode because we got to see what a home life for the Bad Batch could have possibly been like, and it underlined in this episode where it was right. Let's put down arms. We've lost one of our own this is the end of our time um, out as mercenaries in the world or as soldiers in the world. And that doesn't pay off. That yeah. doesn't happen at the end. So uh, pull the rug out from under us one, one last time. <laughs> yeah. I, and uh, I'm totally with you, uh, Lindsay, uh, on, on your, your feedback uh, for sure. And I'll tell you this now, I'm convinced go with my hope and conviction we will be getting a season three for, right. for bad batch All right. um, i'm absolutely sure of that i believe so um yeah. because yeah it would be really weird i mean unless it comes back in another five years or something yeah let's know. hope they don't do a clone yeah Wars exactly on and come back in, in six um, years seven years time so <laughs> really i'm really really hopeful uh yeah. we'll get a season three renewal as well and let's hope it is only a week away 
Uh, the the uh, renewal, not the drawing and the uh, yeah. the animation of the third season. The renewal, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because it, um, take, it takes a little longer to animate than that. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, uh, Lindsay. Thanks very much. Thanks, Lindsay. Um, Maria Granata says, My son watched it before me and told me something big and unexpected happened in the last episode. Mm. Once I saw Tech running with no protection from falling off, I knew where it was going, though I couldn't believe it. I'm heartbroken, and the clues were there. He got a lot of development this season, and in this episode, he didn't say goodbye to Fee. Mm -hmm. Overall, I've enjoyed the season a lot, even the slow episodes. Hoping for season three soon. Thanks, Maria. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, when you look back at the the previous episodes with Tech getting a lot more development, um, you can see not so much that it, it, it... you know, signals his death, but it it impacts much more heavily emotionally yeah. because you have had that development. You've gone to know the character, and I think certainly with Fee, um, you know that is that's a real uh, kick in in the in the teeth. Really. It is. It is. I think as as uh, Walking Dead fans, that used to be the indicator. Once anybody got a side story or a big highlighted moment, they're dead in two <laughs> weeks' time. Uh, that, that used to be what happened. Uh, and Maria, I feel your pain. It's always horrible when somebody in the house has already watched the episode um, beforehand and <laughs> is slyly implying that some massive uh, big moment happens in the episode, isn't it? Uh, it, it is. I, yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, Maria, all I got yesterday when I came home from work, John had watched the two episodes twice, and all I got was him walking around the house going "Director Krennic" uh, over and over again. So <laughs> that makes that, me sound just crazy. Well, that's, <laughs> that's might... just you, John. It's okay. It's okay. I, I put up with it. No, I, I know that, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought some massive moment with Director Krennic was going to be happening in the episode. Um, his you one see? line, yeah. which which is credited to ben mendelson as well he, he actually gets a credit for that one line that he says to the to uh to governor tarkin but um i was expecting a lot more from him given uh, john's excitement at seeing him on screen yeah well there you go <laughs> there i you go. didn't really you spoil didn't it after it, all John. you didn't ruin it yeah. good stuff thank you so much for your feedback fellow batteries for this entire season of the bad batch season two uh, hopefully we'll hear from you ne- again when we come back with our coverage of Let's say season three of the Bad Absolutely. Batch. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back with Clone Force yeah. now. Um, so hopefully we'll hear about that at Star Wars Celebration UK in, uh, in the 7th and 9th of April next week. But later this year, we hope to be going to live action Star Wars for the first time with Ahsoka, the first live action spinoff of the Clone Wars series starring Rosaria Dawson as our favorite former Jedi. Absolutely. Mm. Gosh, I, I am hoping it is Andor level good. Otherwise... I will be calling it a shocker. I'm sure it's going to be really, really good. We've got we've got Grand Admiral Thrawn going to be in there. We've got Ezra, Ezra Bridger is going to be in there. Supreme Wren from from Star Wars Rebels. <sighs> really, really wait. excited. And Chris has time before that to actually watch the rest of Rebels and yeah, see why we're all so excited about these characters. Yeah, I have time. Sure, I'll try my best. How's that? I will loads try my time. Best. Yeah, you'll you'll have loads of time in the future. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, though. That's the end of our coverage of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Uh, we do have loads of other shows that we're going to be covering this year, of course. Uh, we, we cover lots of other animated shows like Invincible um, on Prime Video, Marvel's What If. Uh, season 2 should hopefully still be coming out uh, on Disney Plus this year. And we are continuing our coverage of Star Trek Picard. At the moment, we've got four more episodes of Picard to come out uh, on this feed here on TV Podcast Industry. So hopefully you'll find something else uh, to fill up your time while waiting for Season 3 of The Bad Batch. 
Yes. And if you want a really good one, join us in June where we dive into Derek's favorite character mm-hmm. in all of the Marvel Universe. Ooh, that's right. Nick Fury in Secret Invasion mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. I thought you were going to say space then, Chris. No, no. He's, he's not space. Yep, he's, he's coming back from space. space. This time. He's coming back from S.H.I.E.L.D. in space <laughs> yeah. to be S.H.I.E.L.D. on Earth. Well, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gone, unfortunately. He is coming back from his work in space with the Scrolls for Secret Invasion. Can't wait for that. Really, really excited. That's coming on the 21st of June um, for its debut on Disney+. Plus. Really looking forward to that. Great stuff. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time, hopefully. Yes, thank you very much. I'll speak to you soon. Yes, thanks so much, fellow Batchers, for joining us. Uh, Can't wait to chat to you again soon when we talk about season three which is hopefully being announced next week and <laughs> probably coming out this time next year who or knows the or the year after yeah, two years. i'm just living my best hope here <laughs> living the dream um, living the dream uh as saw guerrero once said um <laughs> he didn't <and> that's still <laughs> uh, anyway uh, bye yep yeah. bye fellow batches remember keep watching keep listening and keep being bad bye, bye.